Welcome to the Be Your Own Manager podcast, the career podcast and entrepreneurship podcast for classical musicians. My name is Bernhard Karras, and yes, I know I took quite a big break over the last couple of months because of a lot of work and a lot of things happening in the world. But today I'm back with a very special guest. Please welcome with me Heike Matthiessen, a wonderful guitarist and also an activist for female composers and for more equality actually in our classical music world. Heike, a very warm welcome to the Be Your Own Manager podcast. It is wonderful having you here today. And I mean, I could talk so much about you, about your fantastic music making, your guitar playing, but also all the things you do in streaming, what you do for composers and so on. But as part of the BYUM course, you were asked actually to do a crisp bio of yourself. And I just wondered if you had that in your mind and if you could introduce yourself very briefly. <laughs> That's a challenge, of course. Um, but usually my, my 10 seconds introductions always is, I'm a classical guitar player. I'm a specialist for women composers and I'm performing around the world and I love to play. Now, so that's very short. <laughs> that's very, very short. Now there is something about um, you, which I found out at some point is um, actually, I always thought there are as many female guitar players as male guitar players. But at some point you told me that's not quite so. Why is that or how is that distribution between female and male guitar players in the world? The funny thing is that when the six strings guitar I play today, this kind of instrument looking like what we play today, it was a ladies instrument in the beginning of 19th century. So you find dozens, hundreds of, of paintings where uh, noble ladies are sitting there with a nice guitar. So the guitar was an instrument for the pleasure for the ladies, of course. Still, uh, already at that time, it was connotated as uh, the, the macho Mediterranean man serenading for a woman. But um, when I studied in the 90s, I was the only woman in the, in, in the courses for becoming a concert soloist. So there was uh, uh, this glass ceiling was not that there were not guitarists, female guitarists, but there were no women guitarists who do, were doing, pursuing a career professionally as a performer. Today it has changed a lot. It's ruled by YouTube is ruled by women um, guitarists, but still in concerts. If you look at guitar festivals, you see many times maybe one of the big evenings is played by by a woman. So there's a lot, lot, lot much a world at first. And at second, guitar is an instrument where you really have to work a lot to be on super professional level. So it's an instrument that's not family friendly. And the life of a soloist, of a touring soloist, is not family friendly. So there are more women studying to me today, more women, women 
winning composing um, competitions, but still on the real in the real stage life, there are very few women. I mean, it is good to hear that there are more women um, studying the guitar, that there are more women winning competitions. But you just say that it's because of the challenges of family life that um, on festivals and so on, you almost do not find any female players, which is kind of, if I may say so, really old fashioned, because couldn't the man just also stay at home and look after kids if you have some? Um, that can't be the real reason. Why is it that, you know, that there are um, mostly male players at all these festivals? Most of them are ruled by men. Because ah. uh, there is a wonderful website of my colleague, Gael Solal, who listed um, the, the professional players, women players, and it's something like she found like 100 worldwide who are really playing nationally or internationally so in comparison to thousands of men and so it's the same that most festivals are run by men so there is also a, a gap to fill if the men do the invitations it's it's not clear that they are taking care for it Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I played already at some very few festivals where it was then the clear decision just to invite women. And this is also, there you have the discussion of quota. Shall so I? You just mentioned quotas. Quota? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, there's a big discussion generally going around about quotas. Do quotas make sense? Um, are they the wrong signal? So what is your take on quotas? When I when I started really to work politically, let's call it like this, um, in the beginning I really was that idealistic that I saying what you always say the people say um, if we uh, if the pieces of women would be really that good we would know them. Uh, now I know there is so much music by great music that is not played and so many great players that don't get a chance to play. So I think quarter is the only solution for a time. It's not for forever, but, but really to start a change. So you, you cannot have always have 50-50 because like what I said, when you have 100 female guitarists who work worldwide on a super professional level, in, in comparison to hundreds of thousands of men, of course, you cannot always put 50-50. But um, to have an awareness that you should always include some women or BIPOC people or you need the quota to have a change. Just to, to leave this uh, tradition of always inviting the same people, inviting the same music. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, to be honest. And there's a lot of research out there showing that it actually needs quotas for change. 
and the oldest, um, it's not that old, but kind of researcher. The first time I uh, I saw this research was by G. Richard Hackman, a professor at Harvard, who studied um, orchestras. And he looked actually um, at that time about the issue about women in orchestras. And he had very interesting findings. And I can't remember the numbers on top of my head, but it was something like, you needed to have at least one third of orchestra members to be women to come into some kind of normal state as an organization. And I found that very, very interesting. And I think it's something where you do need quotas because if you're under 30%, you actually can't, um, it, it's not natural. There's not a natural state um, of any kind of organization um, in that respect. What you mentioned before is that if you look on YouTube, um, there are significantly more female guitarists. Now, YouTube, streaming, Spotify, and so on. What is your take on the influence all these new platforms, technological platforms have actually on music and especially on music by women, for women, from women? Um, it's it's for for a women composer. It's a it's a changing times like in Gutenberg, because composers don't need a um, editor. They can find a way to from their working desk to the musician without an editor, whom in many cases is an old white man, and they can. It's it's democratic times, so it's 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 a golden age for women composers to find distribution for their music. They can directly give the scores to the musicians. They can publish pieces, performances. You 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 can hear music on YouTube. You can now hear more and more music also on on streaming platforms. So it's it's a golden age thanks to the internet for for women composers right now. Mm -hmm. That is good to hear. That's absolutely fantastic to hear. And um, I think I mean on your Spotify profile you actually have a lot of um, playlists dedicated to female composers and. You also recorded an album called The Guitar Ladies. Can you tell us a bit about this album? Yes, this album was a, was a funny experience because in my personal history, I always, uh, I, my first album, Soli Luna, was a big success with a very commercial program. My second one, Triste Musette, almost sold nothing. The third one was a success. So, um, I thought, okay, I can keep that rhythm, always to say something ambitious and something um, which I might sell. And uh, I played in a uh, charity concert here in the Archiv Musik. I still wasn't really involved there. And, and the boss, Mary Ellen Kitchens, after the concert told me, you should record that. And it was just funny. It, it was not funny. It was funny. It was beautiful, easy music, but not considered in this kind of um, um, statement 
um, Olympic art virtuoso music, which you usually perform to prove that you're better than the man. And so I thought, okay, I record a recording just for myself, for karma points, how I call it. And uh, I wasn't, uh, I was thinking, how many of them should I print? Will anybody listen to that album? But I want to do it. And so it was released in 2016. It was before Me Too. It was uh, in the beginning of Trump. So it was exactly at the right time, at the right moment, the right place that this album came out with accessible, easier music, which also um, ambitious, um, non-professional players could play some pieces of them. So I had no idea. It was not planned. I just did it for myself to say, okay, I want to do an idealistic album, which is nobody buying. And now it has hundred thousands of streams on Spotify. So wow. it was not calculated. So it's, it's against, it's one again, this proof of saying, do something just by instinct. It was not a career movement. It was something that was important for me and it was the right moment. So, and now I'm, then I suddenly got caught in this all wave of research for women composers. And now I'm the board member and now I'm the expert and now I'm doing all this kind of databases and I am going to record another album with women composers now. and. I found a place in in music world which I never thought that I would have where I would end up. I it, it was it looks from now backwards. It looks like logic, but I had no idea where I would be. I mean, we are very happy that you actually did this pioneer work, and um, it is great to 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 hear that, and it's great to listen to this music. And um, the Guitar Ladies is really a fantastic album. I like it very very much, and I urge everyone to go out there on Spotify and to listen to it and to share it with um, your friends and families. You mentioned the Archive um, Women in Music quite a lot. Can you tell us a bit about what is that? The Archiv Frauenmusik was founded in 79 by a lonely woman conductor who wrote an article for legendary Emma, a, a feminist magazine in Germany and a journal. And she was asking, are there more, com more composers? And it was Mascha Blankenburg and she it was the only she 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 said she didn't know any other female composer uh, um, um, conductor sorry and everything about women conductors and composers it became the structure became a verein it it became from um, a collection in a shelf in a living room <laughs> it turned into into the biggest collection of the real sources. Today with internet, we have a lot of databases, but this is the place where the sources, the physical sources are. So we have their posters, their CDs, their scores, their books, their letters written, their photos, everything. And it's still 
it's the oldest collection like this and worldwide biggest and they live in Frankfurt and by chance I'm living 500 meters from them. <laughs> so it, it's, it's amazing. It became naturally that I got involved there and now I'm the representative who's in Frankfurt and who's doing this, going to, to events and going to receptions. And I'm doing this kind of, I'm doing a lot of in the internet. I'm not a scientist scientific what's the word scientist um, <laughs> scientist <laughs> uh, yes I'm, I'm i'm a musician and i'm doing this kind of representation work for them and this is something that was we have we are a team of specialists for every kind of task and so i'm the one for this kind of work now and it's fulfilling it's it's amazing if you see that you can change things. It's really ask, for, for example, one of the things, it was not just only my idea, but two, we, we approached, for example, the Landtag, that when you have um, receptions where you always have this uh, three pieces of music when between the speeches, mm -hmm. uh, please take care, ask them, and uh, why is there a woman, no woman composer? You can, sometimes you just have to make the people aware of that mm -hmm, and say, mm -hmm. please uh, ask, uh, look uh, in what pieces you choose for, uh, to surround, uh, to, um, to make the decoration around their speeches and things like that. Sometimes it's just one call to change it, just to make the people aware of that. <laughs> so it's, it's really, um, I really urge to everybody who's at a reception where you have this kind of music in between the, the talks, ask the person who's in charge for the music and tell this person, um, could you add women composers or could you take care that women performers are hired for that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's it's sometimes it's just one time to, to, to talk to a person to make that person aware of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you can do this. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would yes, and if you do it in every city, then you change a lot already. Absolutely, it makes a difference. Um, for the musicians out there, and some of them are listening to this podcast, what can they expect from the Archiv um, Women in Music or Archiv Frauen Musik? It's, it's not a bibliotheque where you can take the stuff home with you, but we are, one thing is to have all this course there, but um, it's, we are consulting. So if somebody is, says, okay, I need a piece for a theremin and guitar by a woman composer, <laughs> <laughs> then it's our job to see if we have that piece mm -hmm. or how many pieces we have and if we don't have it, which ones exist also. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's this, um, we have specialists now, what we call repertory lists, where, where we go through all the music pieces of through the scores to see what music is in there. Because if somebody says, I need a piano school for kids, or I need a concert piece for a big festival, as long as it's just in, in the list for, let's say, piano repertory of 2,400 pieces, 
we have now scores. Um, you cannot say, okay, you, you need to check 2,400 pieces <laughs> to find out which one is for kids. <laughs> so this kind of uh, additional knowledge, this is the, the big, big expertise of the archive. So mm -hmm. right now it's really, if you say, do certain pieces exist or knowledge about composers? So I always say we are, we are the brain, we are the memory of women composers and conductors. Mm -hmm. Conductors right now, a lot has changed because there are many, many young, very good women com uh, conductors and it's look it looks like uh, every concert series every season there must be one woman conducting mm -hmm. Ex except the vienna philharmonics in the new year's concert <laughs> but um more and more women conductors is normal but it's not normal that women conductor also play women composers mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. right now for conductors, a lot changed uh, already, but the composers, there's a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm a musician and I'm looking for a piece for trumpet and guitar from a female composer, I can actually contact the archive and say, hey guys, do you have something um, or any kind of direction you can point me to? Yes. And of course, there's an online search, which is like every online search is too complicated for people who are not native speakers. Um, we don't have the scores in the internet because we want the, the, the composers to give the scores to us safely with copyrights. Mm -hmm. You can look at the scores at in our rooms and uh, of course, you can we tell get the uh, the scores if they are printed please buy them and if they are too old or a facsimile you can you can get a easily a copy but everything else um, we need to, we, we need to, to be trustable for the composers so they give sure. our, their scores to us so the first thing would be you could see in the online search do they have a piece for trumpet and guitar and yes, mm -hmm. if we have it, you can come to us and you can look at the piece or talk to us um, about how many pieces are there and how and then we would make um, a, a date and you would come to the archive and you could look through all the scores we find for you. And of course, if it's it's it could be by chance that we don't have the piece there, then we know, OK, we need to add it to our collection. Uh, but we could help you also with saying, okay, there are pieces existing which we don't have. Mm -hmm. And I know there are pieces for guitar and trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Now the question comes to say, are there also pieces for bass and guitar by female composers? But I'll keep that for another time. <laughs> um, I made some big databases, and it's funny. Most uh, they are just doing mezzo, baritone, or alto, but not very low male voice. Well, we so, have to tell that the very low male voices have certain resonances which are really cool. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I will find something. <laughs> well, if it's not too difficult, I might actually um, have a look at it and we might perform it, at least for us. We won't record it though, but for yes. us, why not? We need to do that. Now, on March 8th, we have the International Women's Day coming up. And um, I know that in the community, in the BYM community, you are a driving force for female composers and also for celebrating that day. What have you planned? What's coming up? Um, of course, the March um, of March is Women's Month. And we have planned a series of interviews of short interviews uh, which we are going to do on the instagram of the archive of the frauenmusik and the funny thing is that i'm i can switch my roles between i'm a member of the community i can be the teacher of the the spotify queen of the class or i can be the the, the board member of the archive and so i can switch in on that day i switch to be the, the board member and I will have um, a lot of short interviews uh, where I introduce some of the members of the community who are interested, who are really also driving a lot the change for, for women composers. We will, uh, I urged as the Spotify queen, I asked them to, all of them to make playlists of women composers specialists of their theme, what they know about. Like um, we have Isabella, who's um, in Polish in music, Polish music, so she she can will know a lot from women composers, starting from Szymanowski for piano. And we have Sofia, who's a specialist for um, Indonesian lead songs, and she's recording women composers from Indonesia. And I'm sure th this is a challenge for every uh, everybody who's involved in women composers name me three names of indonesian women composers okay <laughs> this is this is a tough question uh, so you can learn uh, uh, meet all this all this funny thing is most of them are i think all the interviews are with women right now mm -hmm. but everybody can will tell a story about a, a, a very specialized segment of these women composers where they are experts in and so we will we will do a lot of things on social media and i think there are going to be also some little live performances so it's really you will have a lot of different playlists and you have the interviews and we are still it's it's we find um we um, it might also some more additional things come in but um we want uh we we want to highlight also that the young musicians of the nowadays they are also a driving chain force to change the canon because the young musicians now, if they offer programs where naturally are women composers included, then you don't need a quarter. Then the change is done. So it's 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 amazing to see uh, how open people, young players, are now to discover 
music. Of course, we all are thirsty for great repertory. So it's 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 for me it's a it's a double side thing. Uh, at first, I I hate everything that's injustice. And if some great music is not played just because it's not known, it's something we need to change it. But also, every instrument loves additions in in great repertory, which not everybody is playing. Of course, in piano, you can for a lifetime you can hear all uh, you can play all this endless repertory of great stuff. But maybe you want to play something else. And instruments like mine, where the repertory is limited, it's it would be in stupid not not to look at thousands of pieces by women composers, where great pieces are among them. This is one thing for the for the performing musician, and the second is also, um, I think, of a starving record industry i think of uh, this called reference recordings everybody has now pieces like beethoven symphonies who wants to record them who pays to record them <laughs> but now you can say okay in the 19th century we have amelia meyer she has written some symphonies who are great farang has written amazing symphonies etc etc and all these fantastic music, uh, why record all the old stuff again and again? And so mm -hmm. it's 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 a double-sided effect. It's also, you see now that, um, what was it? Deutsche Grammophon released Florence Price. It's it's great because they have recorded everything in, in, in eternal recordings. Why should they redo it? And if they discover great music which is oh it's an accident it's by woman okay but it's great music and they record it they find something new to add to to their catalogs so i think it's 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 also for for the music business an uh, an interesting choice to go in this kind of non yet recorded repertory or not recorded on that professional level if you have like 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 deutsche grammophon or you have ekelby who, who recorded um Farong, this first first class conductors first class or orchestras that they record this music this is uh, this is a clever movement also for the recording companies now, going back to March 8th, so first of all, everyone who's listening to the podcast, start following Archiv Frauen Musik on Instagram. Yes. Um, you will hear these great talks, and I know that there are fantastic musicians actually lined up for that. And the two musicians Heike just mentioned, it's also good to follow them. One is the wonderful singer Sofia Libotov, and she has made her name really with um, finding um, Indonesian lead, which I didn't know, to be honest, that it existed. It's really beautiful music. And I admire her now for finding female composers who um, composed lead. It's really beautiful. And the other one is Isabella Jutrzenka, who is a Polish pianist. And she recorded a fantastic album of Champagne and of waltzes. And, um, 
she's living in Krakow and also I'm really looking forward to her interpretations of female composers. But there are just two of, I think, quite a lot coming up. So please, please, please do follow them. And the other thing which I could just say that I think is also important that we should make it kind of a rule or kind of, it shouldn't be a rule. It should be something which comes absolutely natural that in any program we do, we include composers with a different back, background, female composers, composers from a different background, from whatever. So to make this wonderful, colorful music um, even more interesting and fascinating. Now, just to, to, to end our conversation, Heike, what's, what is kind of a female discovery, female composer discovery you have made and what would you ask our listeners to actually actively do? Um, to talk about the actual situation in the world right now, I've been listening to a lot of Ukrainian musicians right now. Listen to Zara Livina piano music, her concertos. Amazing if you love Rachmaninov and this kind of romantic, big, big piano music. That's a discovery, not just for jetzt now for the guitarists in guitar world my my violon d'angre my 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 special thing what i love to collect about is um katarina Pretten, who was a german born in germany and she had this kind of typical wunderkind career it's quite parallel to to clara schumann and she became a superstar in 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 england and she was the teacher of the of two daughters of Queen Victoria, and she was composer, editor. She had her own editions. She she was teacher of the noble plays, uh, plays um, people, and she was um, selling guitars and a career like that in in the nineteenth century. And she wrote music, super virtuosic music, and also beautiful, charming, romantic music, and she with her pupils she's she's something like godmother of um britain british um guitar world from nowadays where you always have pupil 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 and then you arrive there <laughs> and so and I, I had not heard a word about her when i was studying guitar <laughs> so uh, that uh, you have uh, this kind of roles which were commissioning pieces which are had this kind of salon contact who had the contact with the performances performances uh, to, with uh, with the uh, medicine with uh, the people the noble people and um, in the middle of that a, a woman guitarist and uh, I didn't know about it so <laughs> This is this kind of uh, what it's it's uh, the funny thing is that we all think about genius men who were somewhere performing or writing, but uh, there were people around them and like that uh, Pretten she had invited Tariga to 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 England, and he wrote their Lagrima, which became one of them most important most 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 beloved guitar pieces and so um you read just atariga went to london in the books and now i know why did he go there <laughs> so 
this kind of knowledge around this around the geniuses to see who are the women there around them like the role Clara Schumann played for Brahms so that she got his first editors <laughs> you never know you just read uh, now he released some music so <laughs> you you forget this this energy this driving force which women in former centuries had and these women are for me uh, my role models right now and I don't have a saloon in the salon sorry in the sense of the 19th century but I always call for example Twitter in my salon where you have this kind of matchmaking things which you would have made in the 19th century in, in Paris in an evening I do do it during daytime and in the internet in with connecting people and with introducing people and sharing work and it's really this kind of community thinking what I live in the internet and so these women of the 19th century also like Pauline Viardot uh, they are my role models and this one guitar lady is um, a special thing where I, I never stop to be amazed of what live life she had in the 19th century as a self-controlled career as a musician in the 19th century. Wow, that's amazing. And I'm really looking forward to research more about that and find out more about that. But I must say, you know, you are actually a role model for many of us. Not only have you shown in the guitar world that also as a woman you can make a fantastic international career you have, can have a good recording career a good performing career but that you actually also do things do are active for female composers for other female musicians and with all these activities and teaching us how to use spotify you are really a true role model thank you thank so you. much for <laughs> thank that you. Heike, thank you so much for this wonderful talk. And we are really looking forward to everything which is coming up in these months, in this International Women's Month, and especially on March 8th. We are really looking forward to that. Thanks so much for spending the time with us. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you. It was a pleasure for me.